1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to MoneyWise. This is the season to be jolly, but it's also the gifting season. This is the season when it feels great to give gifts to your family or your children or whoever is in your life. But it's also a wonderful time to be giving gifts to charity and giving gifts to others. So today we're going to be talking about the rules of gifting and how you can gift and why you should gift. And Boy, this is the time of year when charities especially are making a big lot of information about giving uh, money to their favorite charitable cause. And it's a time of year when everybody really needs it. So I'd like to begin by saying good Sunday morning to Peter Lance and to Tenny Lance. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. We're glad to be here with you on this Sunday before Christmas. And thank you for being here, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's a difficult time of year. It's a generous time of year. It's a time of year when people, because of COVID-19 and economic issues and so forth, are being a little bit unusually generous, more so than usual. I found that. Have you found that this year, Pete? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, We have had the single largest amount of donations ever for our Toys for Tots program. And that's a great program. It's technically over right now by the time you hear this. There's a lot of ways you can still give money and give gifts if you want to. There's New Bedford Child and Family Service. There's gifts for giving in New Bedford. So if you have gifts that you would like to make still, those are always good places to make donations and make gifts. But it's been absolutely remarkable this year. How many pickups have we had for that program? Five, six? Oh, way more than that. I couldn't even tell you. Probably well more than 10. Really? And I mean huge pickups where they just load up the entire car, so... I think uh, last yeah I think last year we probably had the box we have one box that we've kept in the past this year we have two and we're located obviously at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth but in the past we've maybe filled the box 3 or 4 times this year I would say we filled it 10 15 maybe even 20 times wouldn't you say and all the toys spill out on the floor around it cuz there's no more room in the box it's just been remarkable it is Can I tell you one of my favorite gifts? I have actually two favorite gifts this year to Toys for Tots. I came in one morning. We have one box that's been out in the lobby. And I looked down inside the box, as I do, and I could see a little tiny package down in the bottom of the box. And I reached down and took it out, and it was one of these little matchbox cars, brand new, in a box. And it it almost makes you want to cry to realize that some little kid probably came in with his mother and wanted to make a donation for some other little kid that didn't have toys and donated one little tiny matchbox car. And to me, that was just as special as all the other gifts that come in. You know, people give what they can afford to give and what they're able to give. But why don't you tell the story about Lainey, Pete, and what she did, which is amazing. Not everybody has heard that story. Well, there's a couple of things. There were at least three people who donated anonymously, including one woman um, who came in with a ton of uh, presents and toys and bags and did not want to uh, do anything but give her first name. Um, And then I have been posting probably every other day at least about the Toys for Tots program on my personal Facebook page, and that has really generated a lot of uh, attention and a lot of my friends um, to to uh, want to donate and come in. So it's been really great this year. Um, you probably listening have heard the story either on social media or on the Standard Times this past Wednesday. Um, she was also on the radio show last week, so if you're a regular radio listener, you've already heard the story. But uh, 10-year-old uh, Lainey Madison uh, earned uh, received a $1,000 um, gift from her great-grandmother. Her great-grandmother passed away seven years ago, but um, the lawyer was uh, told to hold on to the money until all of the chil- uh, the grandchildren and great-grandchildren were old enough to understand what they were receiving. So Lainey, I believe, was the youngest to um, 
of, of the great-grandmother, and she finally received her inheritance about two weeks ago, and she said that she wanted to do something good with the money. And her mother sent me a message on Facebook and said, Lainey would like to buy toys for your Toys for Tots program. And I thought, wow, that's great. I said, that's really amazing that a 10-year-old would do that. And I thought she was going to, you know, spend $100 and the rest on herself. And uh, the mother, Melanie Madison, sent a uh, message a couple of days later with like three shopping carts full of toys. And she said, this is what $1,000 worth of toys looks like. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I thought you were only going to just, you know, have her donate a little bit, not um, the entire $1,000. And uh, she said, nope, she wanted to do the entire $1,000. So I'm sure you've seen it again because we had Fun 107 here reporting on it. We had the Dartmouth Weekly newspaper reporting on it here. Uh, The Standard Times was covering it. Um, And I think New Bedford Guide shared something as well on Facebook. So I I think it's pretty well known what she's done now, but she deserves a lot of recognition. Well, it's an amazing gift for a 10-year-old kid. (laughs) Peter has just had mic collapse. (laughs) But you know, the the Toys for Tots has been fun for the staff as well because we can all walk by and say, oh, this looks like fun. I just, just lifted up a guitar and thought, hmm, maybe I'd like a guitar for Christmas if I could get somebody to give me one. We're all, we're all big kids. Tenny, your, your playing days are older. Are older <laughs> are or over? Older. Was, that a, over. <laughs> was that a Freudian slip? They're, they're older both. <laughs> somebody else was walking up and down the hall tossing a multicolored ball up in the air <laughs> and put it back in the box. So we've had fun with it also. Well, it's a time of joy, and it's amazing what remarkable people there are in our community who can think enough to want to do something to help someone who doesn't have anything. So a big shout out, a big thank you to every one of you. You know, Benjamin Franklin once said, I would rather have it said he lived usefully than he died rich. That was a great expression from old Ben Franklin. How about Booker T. Washington Tenney? He once said, if you want to lift yourself up, Lift up someone else. That's what this is all about. That's what giving is all about. This is a great time of year of giving. That's what this year is all about. It's It's a very special year. Certainly it's been horrible for most folk, but in other ways it makes us all appreciate family, loved ones, special people. Well, a few um, weeks ago, I just told you that uh, a woman came in and didn't want to be known other than her first name, did not want to have any recognition or picture. And I sent her a text message after, um, and I said, I cannot believe how many toys you donated. I didn't realize it was going to be that many. And she said, uh, you know, I honestly feel selfish because it makes me feel so good. Yep, it does make you feel good when you give, doesn't it? It does something wonderful, as this quotation just said, uh, it lifts you up as well when you lift somebody else up. And that's what this is all about, especially this season, and especially being cooped up during a pandemic and everything else. So, Attorney Tenny Lance, this morning we're going to be talking about the rules of gifting, how much money can you give. And uh, by the way, before I forget it, a special thank you to the anonymous person who sent in a check for $100, payable to Toys for Tots, I also had a gift card that came in um, anonymously from uh, someone who gave to Toys for Tots. And I took it down to Target, and it turned out it was $100, and I went and bought $100 worth of toys. A new bicycle for someone and a new basketball for somebody, by the way. If you happen to be the donor of that, some young man, because this is a camouflage bicycle, is going to have perhaps his first and only ever bicycle. Remarkable gifts and remarkable that they're done anonymously. It should make everyone feel terrific. But the gifting that we're going to talk about on the show today is gifting that um, may have tax implications, right? Absolutely. And, you know, this is the time of year when every charitable organization known to man, basically, is sending solicitations and notices out to you because... This is a big giving season giving season also for charities. This is what they rely upon, that there might be some people who want to take a tax deduction at the end of the year, 
And this is a good time for individuals to be charitable and give to a charitable organization. So we're going to talk about some of those rules. It is uh, extremely important. And let's begin by talking about some of the simple rules of gifting. Um, so, for example, Tenny, you've heard of the annual exclusion. I had a gentleman that I talked to just in the last couple of days who said, well, how much can I give every year? Well, unless you're worth, as a husband and wife, roughly $23 million, you can give away basically as much as you want without any tax consequences. Right. That's what I run into a lot with folks is that they mistake the annual exclusion for what their gifting uh, tax-free implication is. Um, and the annual exclusion is just something you don't even have to report. Right. You can give 15000 to as many people as you want to. So and ba- you, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, basically, there's, there's two forms of gift recognition, if you will, under the Internal Revenue Code for federal gift tax law. One is the annual exclusion, and the amount of that is $15,000 per year. So if you are an individual and you want to do gifting, you can utilize the annual exclusion and give away $15,000 to an unlimited number of people, as many people as you want. And there's no gift reporting on that. There's no reporting to the federal government. There's no tax liability. The second piece is the lifetime exemption. So there's a unified estate and gift tax exemption. The amount this year is $11,580,000. You can give away that much money, and theoretically you're supposed to report it on a gift tax form to the federal government, but you won't pay a nickel of taxes on that gift. That amount is up just slightly from last year. Um, and I'm raising my hand because if anybody has $11 million that they'd like to give away, I'm, I'm, I'm here, 352 Fonts Corner Road. We try so hard to make people understand that there's a big difference between the annual exclusion and the lifetime exemption. Um, and people come in and say, I'd love to give my house to my kids. Is that something I should do? Well, there are reasons why you may not want to do that, but those reasons are not gift tax reasons. Exactly. So maybe, yes, you can. You can give away your house. You can give away other assets. You can give away large sums of money to children. Um, The question is whether you should or not. Very, very rarely would we ever recommend anyone giving their home to their children. Uh, There's so many reasons why you would not want to do that. Um, We've had a situation where a son tried to sell the home uh, after it was put into his name, uh, we've had uh, and with the with the parents still living in the home. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> had instances of um, you know people where they think that it might be a good marriage, and then a couple of years down the the road, they're getting a divorce, and now your ex son in law or your ex daughter in law now owns fifty percent of your home. So, not usually a good idea. But Tenny, Attorney Tenny Lance, tell me please about. Massachusetts. What does Massachusetts do as far as gift tax reporting or taxing? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. That's a great answer. So if you want to give away money or assets in Massachusetts, you don't have to report it to the state of Massachusetts, and there's no limit, there's no amount, there's no restriction. You don't have to pay any taxes on it. So it's only the federal tax we worry about, and then it's only for Ultra-wealthy people have to worry about ever paying a gift tax. And it used to be quite a bit smaller than that. Yeah, it did. But when Congress changed the law about three or four years ago, uh, it became so large that no one virtually, I have not yet, well, maybe I've run into one, but generally I never run into anyone who has to worry about the federal exemption. So we're going to talk just a little bit more about some of the technical rules of this, and then we're going to talk about how it might also benefit a charity, and particularly if you want to take a tax deduction for part of the gift that you give away. So quick summary then, we don't worry about the gift tax as far as the Massachusetts state government is concerned. It's a non-issue. For federal purposes, 
You can give away $15,000 per person, the annual exclusion, to an unlimited number of people, and there's no gift tax reporting on that. If you are a married couple, husband or wife, you can give together $30,000, $15,000 each to one person. So aside from the gift tax aspects of it, which really impact hardly anybody, tell us why are there some reasons that people would want to give money to children just to make a gift like at Christmas time, for example? Well, one nice reason is that when you when you gift to people while you're alive, you can um, receive appreciation. You can know that they are appreciative of getting it and uh, you can enjoy what they do with it, and it's all a very nice um, situation to be able to see that your generosity is benefiting somebody. Usually if you're making a gift to children, um, they don't necessarily always deserve it, but they might need it, right? We're saying this freely with you in the room, Pete, but nothing <laughs> is meant about you when we're saying this statement. I wasn't even looking at you. I wasn't even giving you a dirty look or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's a nice thing, and a lot of people do it at Christmas time. They want to make a gift to their children. So if you've been successful and fortunate enough that you've accumulated a lot of money and you're not going to need all of it in retirement, maybe what you might want to do is think about giving some money to children. You know, one of the things I like to tell clients all the time, if you're going to give money, let's say you're going to write a check for 5000 or $10,000 to a child, Make sure you let them know that this is something you can't count on every single year. Don't expect it every year and adjust your lifestyle. This is a one-time gift. If I feel like doing it next year and think I have the resources I can do it, then maybe I'll make a gift again next year. But don't get them into the dependency habit of thinking you're going to do this every year. I remember very clearly it's been years, probably at least five, six years ago, but there was one client who did that every year and then all of a sudden didn't do it one year and... The kids were like, hey, <laughs> what's happening? Well, if you, it's like feeding a dog, I guess. If you give a dog a treat every day, they're going to expect the treat every day, right, Pete? Yeah, that's right. Pavlov's dog. <laughs> with my Medicaid hat on, um, one thing that I tell people who are looking at the potential for a nursing home is that it's terrific to gift to your family, but one thing that you might want to do is make sure that they understand that they should not spend that money for five years after the gift just in case you need it to go into the nursing home. That isn't always the case with all gifts, but it's something to keep in mind. I thought you were going to say that if you're telling a client that it's okay to gift money to their children, that they should also tell their children that they better visit them in the nursing home if they ever well, go. Well, that too. <laughs> that should be an absolute obligation. No, but you know what, Tenny? You raise a very good point because there is a five-year look-back period for Medicaid eligibility purposes. If somebody needs to go to a nursing home later and wants to apply for Medicaid assistance, I guess you could argue in some ways that Maybe that giving money away is not the best way to try to become eligible. Not if you see a nursing home in your near future, no. Um, And so it's important when you make these financial uh, moves to consider a whole range of implications. So gifting is terrific for tax reasons for, I mean, doesn't have a bad implication for tax reasons, but it certainly could have one for Medicaid reasons. Right. So uh, giving, although it seems simple, you write a check to somebody, and again, we're only talking about individuals right now. We're not talking about charities yet. But if you want to just give something to someone to be nice, remember that if you have to be in a nursing home later, then all those gifts that you've made in the last five years are going to be visible and will have to be reported. And the Medicaid officials, I guess they can go and look at all your old banking records through your Social Security number and everything, can't they? They can and they do. Um, There is a federal five-year look-back period. And they, the Medicaid people want to know what you have done with all of your resources for the last five years. So I guess it would be really important if anybody's listening uh, who's even considering gifting uh, to children or others that 
it, they sit down and meet with UMUM if they're you know concerned at all about Medicaid and getting approved for that. Uh, and then if anyone's interested for any other purpose, um, you know, talking about tax reasons or anything else, they should sit down with you or I, Dad. And, and we do not charge for our time um, ever to sit down and, and uh, speak with someone and, and point them in the right direction. No, nope. give Attorney Tenney and Lance a call at 998-8800. That's 508-998-8800. And I, I do need to clarify that I do charge for Medicaid consultations. Yeah, no, I, I apologize if it came out, uh, you know, in a strange way. My father and I, Ray, and I do not charge for any consultations. So um, gifting is something that sounds very simple, but often there's a lot of reasons why you want to think about it. We're going to talk about increase in cost basis of stocks and real estate and things that you might give away and what are some potential future tax implications of doing that. So you need to think carefully through and get some professional advice before you just go ahead and make gifts and say, please draw up a deed and and give the house to my children. Um, Let's focus on that for just a minute. So let's say you want to give your house to your kids, um, Tenny, and you paid $50,000 for it, and right now it's worth $300,000. It's $250,000 of built-up gain so there's no tax consequences, really, when you give the house over to the children. But what about later when they go to sell it? Well, and that is the problem. Under current law, the uh, child receives the property at whatever your so-called basis is in the property. So if you bought it for 50000 and didn't really make any improvements to the property, their basis is going to be 50000 It's called a now, carryover basis. Right. And um, if at the time that you gift it, the market value is 250 as Ray said, and the child then goes and sells the property for 250 that child is going to have a capital gain of 200000 and pay taxes on that. The capital gain rate at this point is about 20%. So it's pretty significant. Uh, that, that's actually the maximum tax on right, capital that's, gains is that's 20%. That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, 15% federal, 5% state. And by the way, a lot of people are confused about the capital gains tax rate also. The capital gains tax rate relates to your individual income tax rate. So you'd have to be making a huge amount of money before you would ever be paying capital gains at the maximum tax rate, like a half a million dollars a year of income. If you're in the 10% tax bracket, then the capital gains rate is going to be much, much less. But again, we can help you estimate that if you needed to. Still a bad move, though, in most cases, because if that child inherited the house from you upon your death, the child would get it at what is called a step-up in basis under current law. Which means that they inherit it at fair market value. As of date of death. As of date of death. The original cost basis of 50 now steps up, which is why it's called a step-up basis, or stepped-up basis, uh, to fair market value at the time you die. So if it's worth 300 even though you paid 50000 for it, and that's your original cost basis, when you inherit it at fair market value at 300 you can turn around and sell it at 300 and you have zero capital gains and zero tax to pay on the sale. Right. So, so that's that's one of the main reasons for not just taking your house and putting it into your children's name, right? Right, either outright or through something called a life estate deed. Capital gains comes into uh, to that as well. So... Uh, just be careful so, when you want to do those kind of gifts. Let me clarify that, if I might. You said a life estate deed. So a life estate deed is something that could be workable because the life estate would give you a stepped-up basis at death, right? Because you, um, don't, you don't fully inherit it until it, death. Yes, but if the house is sold during the lifetime still of the um, life estate holder, the, the parent usually, then the child is going to have to pay capital gains on his share of the proceeds. Okay, that's if it's sold. So the rules are complicated. 
they're fairly basic and fairly straightforward, but if you want to put the house in the child's name and reserve a life estate, they own a piece and you own a piece. And so if you now sell the house during the parent's lifetime, then you've got potential gain to worry about. Right. Okay. So life is complicated. Taxes are complicated. Um, let's talk just a little bit more. Um, let's talk about some other tax techniques that people could use. And what if somebody has a large estate? Uh, I have a situation just like this right now. I've got a gentleman that's worth three and a half million dollars. Not everybody is. And, you know, bless him. And in Massachusetts, he gets a $1 million estate tax exemption from the Massachusetts estate tax. So forget federal for a minute. And he's married, so his wife also gets a $1 million Massachusetts estate tax exemption, right? If they've done a trust. Okay, if they've done a trust. Yep, that's a good point. So that means they could shelter from the Massachusetts estate tax $2 million out of their $3.5 million estate. What happens to that last $1.5 million? It gets taxed for mass estate tax. Right. And it won't pay any federal estate tax because we've got this 11 point, almost $11.6 million federal tax exemption for both husband and wife. But they may end up paying some Massachusetts estate tax. So one of the things that I'm having conversations about is how do we save $125,000 of Massachusetts estate tax? And by the way, we do estate tax calculations all the time. If you do have a larger estate and you'd like to find out how much you will or your estate will be paying um, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts instead of going to your uh, family and loved ones. Uh, so we do that all the time. We'd be happy to do an estate tax calculation. And then we get into some uh, creative ways on how to reduce that tax liability. How to plan. How to plan. Nobody needs to pay a penny more in taxes and then what they're required to pay. And if you follow the rules, you could reduce the estate tax. So right now, with this person's current estate of $3.5 million, even after protecting $2 million of Massachusetts exemption amounts, they're still looking at a hundred and a quarter, $150,000 of Massachusetts estate tax. What a wonderful gift to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. <laughs> So I sat with this gentleman, and I said, you know what? Um, do you get along all right with your children? Yes. I said, why don't you think about gifting? So this is where gifting can come into effect. Why don't you gift some of your assets, like a million and a half dollars worth, worth over to your children? And you can put them into a special trust even, and your children can be the trustee of this trust, and Attorney Tenny Lance can help you prepare it. And now by reducing your estate down to a $2 million level, you're not going to pay Massachusetts estate tax. And if you went through the trouble to create this special little trust and then move some assets by gift over into this little trust, then we're going to be able to save a lot of money for your family. So anyways, we're, we're very close to finalizing some decision points on, on doing that. So gifting is not just for... Simple gifts, it's not just for expensive gifts, but gifting can also be done, particularly because you don't have to pay any gift tax, because you want to save some estate tax. Isn't that a great concept, Tenny? Right. One of the things we do in here is we look at a total situation. We ask a lot of probing questions, and maybe people think that we're really nosy, but mostly we want to know what your circumstance is, um, whether you have children, whether you don't, whether you like them, whether you don't, um, and what might be happening in your future so that we can take into account all the different ways that we might be able to save you some money. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be just a piece of real estate or just some investment assets that you want to gift to reduce your estate tax liability. But gosh, if you could do planning through gifting and reduce your estate for estate tax purposes, that could be a pretty smart thing to do. You know something else you could give away, Pete? You can give away a life insurance policy. Yeah, no, that's a common thing that we recommend. 
you know, if you have enough assets where if you have, I mean, if you have an estate where you're um, well over the exemption, then you have enough assets to get a large life insurance policy, uh, which would pay for the um, taxes and then some. So that's another great way that we um, work with clients to reduce or eliminate that tax liability. You know, I suspect a lot of people don't realize that if you own a life insurance policy, when it comes time to calculating what your estate tax is and whether you might owe some Massachusetts estate tax, um, a lot of people don't realize, I'm sure, that the value of retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks, real estate, investment assets, bank accounts, and even life insurance, the death benefit proceed value of life insurance, is part of your estate for estate tax purposes. And for even those people who don't need the uh, $2 million or more, um, or don't have an estate of $2 million or more, and don't need to worry about uh, that uh, uh, state tax liability, uh, having life insurance is a great way to leave a legacy to your loved ones, to your beneficiaries, or to a charity. Yes. So you can leave a much larger amount to your charity of choice or your children uh, with life insurance. And I think most people are aware, but um, that benefit is 100% tax-free. Yep, life insurance death benefit proceeds are tax-free. And if you have a life insurance policy and you say, you know what, no matter what, I want to make sure that I protect this asset for my children so that if I ever have to go to a nursing home, Tenny, then if this asset has been given away long enough ago, like a five-year look-back period, nobody's ever going to see that life insurance policy. My kids are now going to get this policy at least. Right. I had a client once, you know, talking about more modest amounts, uh, Pete. I had a client who had a $50,000 in the bank, and she had two nieces. And she said, no matter what happens to me, I want to be able to leave this $50,000 to my two nieces, even if I go to a nursing home. Well, with that modest sum of money, that money would have been gone in just a matter of a few months if she had ever gone to the nursing home. And the nieces would have received nothing. We took half of the money in the bank that took $25,000, and we bought a fully paid-up, single-premium, $50,000 life insurance death benefit policy. Well, life insurance is so important, and so few people have it, and the people that do have it, for the most part, don't have enough, and uh, it's really not fair to your loved ones. Uh, I can't tell you, this doesn't have anything to do with gifting, but I can't tell you how many people will reach out to me and say, Mom's not doing well, uh, not expected to last too long. Is there any way to get some life insurance because they don't have any money, we don't have any money to pay for uh, a funeral policy, a burial policy. So just get even a, a smaller policy like that to ease your, your children, your spouse um, when you're gone is a great gift. Never mind, you know, the larger aspect of it that we were talking about. This is probably going back 10 years ago, but... I'm not going to go into the specifics. There was a couple that you met with, Dad, uh, who had a specific charity in mind, uh, and you presented that case to them, and, and they did do a very large life insurance policy and are going to leave that specific charity a very large amount, much more than what their estate was. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to come back to that in a minute. What I'd like to do right now for um, both uh, me, Ray Lance, and Peter Lance, and Attorney Tenny Lance, is I would like to switch gears a little bit, and let's talk about not so much individuals, but let's talk about charities. So we've talked about giving to individuals and what a wonderful thing it is to do, and there's all kinds of ways you can do it. You can do it in kind, which means with property. You can do it with money. Um, You have to think about all the implications of it. But I want to give you a quotation from Theodore Roosevelt. He once said, There is not a man of us who does not at times need a helping hand to be stretched out to him. And then shame upon him who will not stretch out that helping hand to his brother. That's what giving to charity is all about, giving to somebody else. Uh, This is the season when people have reached out to give toys and money and gifts to the Toys for Tots program to help kids who don't have anything or may not have 
you know, even a reasonable Christmas gift at Christmas time. So we like to think here that with the help of all the folks who have made donations here, there's a lot more kids this year that are going to be helped out. And it's not just us. It's the state police barracks down the street has done the same thing and other collection points. And the Patriots have had a toy giving guy uh, uh, program and so forth. I think the Dartmouth police are doing a filibus yep. of toys this weekend. I saw a sign for that. That's great. Police departments have, fire departments have. It's it's just such a wonderful time of year to reach out and know that you're helping somebody else. So before I forget it again, or I don't want to forget it again, thank you to everybody who has made donations and helped brighten some young person's life. Let's talk about charities a little bit because, um, as I mentioned earlier, this is the time of year when charities probably raise most of their money. They need money. And all I've been seeing is how many of these charities, and not just charities, but nonprofits like zoos, um, how how much they're struggling right now. Yep. Attendance is down at all the nonprofits, and um, it's a great time of year to give to charity. So we're going to talk about some of the mechanics and details of doing that. So we've already talked about the gift tax limits, and primarily when we talk about that, we're concerned about you know, gifts to children, because when it comes to making a gift to a charitable organization, uh, it's a benefit to the charity, but there's also potentially a tax deduction available to the individual who's making the gift. And um, there's a lot of ways you can give to charity. Um, many places, including the American Red Cross, for example, I was just reading material about them today, they also accept cars and things of value as well as cash gifts and cash donations. But all you have to do is look around in our community and, and at the risk of forgetting somebody, I, I don't want to go too far afield with this, there are so many wonderful nonprofit organizations that bring joy to the community, bring help to the community, and this is a time of year when they need help themselves if you get a solicitation or a request for a donation, this is the time of year when everybody should be generous. And uh, you have until December 31st of this year to make a donation that potentially could be deductible for uh, 2020. So unlike an IRA where you can make a contribution in next year and still deduct it for this year, um, contributions for charities end on December 31st. So certainly think about all that. So let's get into some details and, and talk about this. I wonder how many people realize that uh, one in four American children under the age of five, that's 20% of American children under the age of five live in poverty. One in 10 children in this country live in extreme poverty. My gosh, if you can't do something for Child and Family or American Red Cross and certainly the Salvation Army, it's one of my favorites. Um, well, there's a long storied history of why the Salvation is one of your favorites. Yep, there is. Um, uh, Red Cross and Salvation Army both helped me and my family when um, we went through a tornado um, a long time ago in Worcester in 1953. But um, it's estimated that 17 or 18 million children right now in this country are living in poverty. We're the richest country in the world. So think about doing something to help other people. And you might, while you're doing good, be able to get a tax deduction for it also. And by the way, uh, in our country, it's estimated that about 124 million households, that's not people, 124 million households, spend about $2,600 a year on entertainment. So perhaps in a year when you can't spend as much money on entertainment, maybe you ought to think about helping other people. More than $320 billion a year gets spent just on entertainment. What about hunger? What about human trafficking? What about clean water? What about having enough clothing to survive? Um, there's so many things and so many ways you can give money. We want to do that. So we've got a whole pile of material here that we probably won't even all get through, 
but I'm going to commend it to your attention. So, Tenny, can you make a gift in a trust or in a will? You mean that you designate within the trust? Yeah, to a a charity. Of course. Yes. Okay, and have you done that before? Yes, we we do that um, many times when people want to do that. Um, they set their beneficiaries. We don't. <laughs> so, yes, if they are interested in doing that, we can write that up into either a will or a trust. And I've seen increasingly a lot of people that will do that. If they've got reasonable size assets and they've got three children, instead of just saying, I'm going to leave one-third to each of my children, sometimes they'll say, you know what? I want to leave 10% to charity, and I'm going to leave 30% to each of my children. I've seen that quite a few times. Have you seen that before? Well, in fact, I have a client who has no children, no husband. Uh, she's a widow, and she's leaving everything to charity. Yeah, I've seen that a lot, too. If people don't have um, close family members, they will often leave everything to charity, and that's wonderful when that happens. Yep. And I've seen organizations like St. Jude's Foundation, the Shriners, where I happen to be a member also. And you're a member of the Shrine also, Pete, the Shriners. I am. Um, but there are so many issues that face families and face children. So I'd like everybody today to just be thinking, what could you do even in a small way to help other people? If you're getting by fine financially yourself, I wonder how many people realize that do you know what the number one disease is in the world that kills people in the world? Number one. Take a guess. Is it measles? Any guess from you, Pete? I no, no idea. Contaminated water. Well, that's not a disease, but it, it creates a disease. Isn't that yeah. unbelievable? Yes. The disease, the disease caused by contaminated water is the world's leading killer. It accounts for 3.4 million deaths per year. You know, we, we tend to take clean water, for example, but there's a lot of places that don't uh, don't have clean water to live on. And pretty scary because you can't see it. Nope, you can't see it. So let's talk about, we talked just a little bit about you can make a gift in a will. You can make a gift in a trust. Um, you can make a, a check. You can write out a check every year. I've, I've told some people at nonprofit organizations once in a while, if you've got somebody or a number of people who are regular donors every year, what happens to those people? What happens to your organization when those people die? Are they going to leave you something else in their estate plan? Or uh, is that donation simply going to stop and be there no longer? So the other way you can leave money to charities is you can... Um, leave money in a life insurance policy. It's a larger gift sometimes, isn't it? Yes. How about with an IRA account and a retirement account? Have you seen people leave a charity uh, money from an IRA account? Sometimes, not as often, but yes, sometimes. I think um, an another way of, of doing a special thing, I heard on the radio this morning, I listened to NPR a lot, and... Uh, somebody has made a challenge gift. So within a certain period of time, like a two-hour period, they will match whatever everybody else out there does. That's a, like a double whammy, and it's just a terrific thing. You know, this is the time of year to think about what you're doing and think about how wonderful a life you might have yourself and how lucky you are. I wonder how many people watch public television and have never contributed to public television. Or public radio. I like that, too. Or public radio. And most of their funding comes from individuals and gifts, not from the government. Right. So you can leave money in your will. You can leave money in a trust. You can leave something there. You can leave money in a life insurance policy. But you can make a difference. And you can leave, you can give stocks, bonds, or mutual funds right away. You can transfer securities directly to an organization like the American Red Cross, for example. The security, the organization, the association sells your securities and they use the proceeds from the sale for their own research and so forth. But here's the interesting part. Let's say you had stock that maybe you inherited a long time ago 
or maybe stock that you bought a long time ago and it has appreciated in value, what do you suppose you get to deduct when you donate the security to the charity? The fair market value. So you don't end up having to pay any capital gains on the sale of those securities. You get to deduct the full fair market value of the stock or the securities that you've given. Talk just a bit about charitable remainder trusts, which I think are fascinating and wonderful. I'm not going to say any more about life insurance because we've talked a lot about that, but what if you have a piece of appreciated real estate and you still need income during your lifetime, but you want to sell this real estate? Well, one of the things you can do is you can take the real estate, you can donate it to a charitable remainder trust. We've done many, many of those here. So instead of selling the real estate, paying the capital gains on it, and then setting up an income fund for yourself, maybe with a remainder going to charity, what you can do instead is you can take that property before you sell it. Um, Typically, it doesn't have a mortgage on it. You can donate it to the charitable remainder trust. You can't do this with your residence. It has to be property you hold for investment. And you put it into the CRT, charitable remainder trust, You get a tax deduction when you donate the value of this property into your CRT. The Charitable Remainder Trust sells it. They don't pay any capital gains taxes on it. And now, over the next 20 years minimum, you're going to take out at least 5% a year as an income benefit for yourself. Now you've got income to report, which will be capital gains, by the way, too. And it gives you the opportunity to get a tax deduction, income spread out over your lifetime or over a 20-year period, whichever one you want to choose. And at the end, if there's anything left over, sometimes there is and sometimes there's not, that's going to end up going to charity. And that's the great thing is that it can give something to a charity of your choice, but it doesn't have to. It has to be uh, done so it's reasonably likely that there might be some funds going to that charity. Um, which would be great, but ultimately it's a great thing for you uh, and your family. Uh, The very first time I've ever heard of that was probably 15 years ago. Um, I was a real estate broker and I sold a large apartment complex, and uh, that's the first time I had heard of that, Dad, is when you mentioned that to the clients, and they did that, and it worked out well for them. We've done a lot of those. We work with a company out of Indianapolis, uh, that specializes in preparing the documentations and the projections on those. If anybody's thinking of selling something and they're concerned because they have to pay capital gains taxes and then only the net amount left over they're going to have available to invest and use for their lifetime, perhaps. Could I just get like one minute at the end? Sure. Um, just let me know when you'd like. I, I was sort of not talking for a while there because I was writing down some, some names of people I'd like to recognize and mention before the end. Okay, let me just mention one thing, and then I would like to do that. Um, We've got some great information that I printed off from the American Red Cross, American Heart Association, I should say, American Heart Association website, and it's called Charitable Gifts of Real Estate, and it's a three-part article. I belong to that organization. It's part one, part two, part three, and tells you all the things you need to know if you're thinking about making gifts of um, real estate. Uh, particularly to a charitable organization. These rules would apply to anybody and any organization. But go ahead, Pete. Let's talk about some of these organizations. So, again, I I just wanted to thank some people um, for the Toys for Tots generosity that they showed this year. Uh, It was really amazing to see, and everybody in the office felt this uh, love and this generosity. So uh, I hope I don't forget anyone. I just wrote these names down uh, a few minutes ago. And I apologize again if I forget anyone, but I don't think I did. Uh, thank you so much to Amber Devaney, Sonia Barton Ustinovich, and, and Nadine Barton Sorrell, or as I've known them for almost 30 years, just Sonia and Nadine. Uh, they're sisters who are inseparable, and they own Westport Little Learners Daycare Center. Uh, Freddie Langevin and Julie, uh, Lisa, Lisa and Robert Abel, and their kids Oliver and Amelia. Uh, David Eaton and April, uh, his fiancée, and the students at Krav Maga, South Coast. Uh, Jen Nunes and her boys Jake and Austin. 
Claudia and Mike Cabral and their daughter Haley. Uh, and when I mention the, the kids, that's because either the kids came in to donate the toys, and in some cases, like Haley, uh, she actually spent her own money to donate a whole bunch of toys. Uh, Karen and Mike Scorpio, Rachel and Dust, uh, excuse me, Rachel and Justin Tatro, and their boys Silas and Nolan. Uh, a big thank you to Lainey Madison, who um, everybody should be aware of that by now. Uh, Dina and Tim Barber, uh, Tom and Kelly Correa, Stacy King Rillinger and her girls Lexi and Kaylee, uh, as well as many in our office um, who donated as well. So I, I can't thank you enough. It really was heartfelt and um, touching. It was just amazing to see what you've all done. And I'd like to end today with a few simple thoughts. First of all, to say thank you to Pete and what you've done for organizing the uh, Marine Corps League folks and an active duty Marine also from the recruiting office in Fall River to come over and receive Lainey and give her a certificate. Uh, thank you for organizing that and doing all that you've done for Toys for Tots. And Tenny, I'd like to thank you for all that you do to help out the church that we go to. I think that's terribly important. Churches don't have people going inside mostly these days and making donations and you can't go inside and, and see your weekly service. You're doing things online. Just remember it's an awful time for nonprofits as well as it is for individuals. Anne Frank, everybody has heard of Anne Frank. She grew up she was born both deaf and and dumb. She couldn't speak and she couldn't see. I'm talking of, no. I'm sorry. I'm, Anne Frank is the little girl from uh, Amsterdam. Yep. No, you're right. She <laughs> said, no one has ever become poor by giving. This is a season when hopefully if we've done nothing more today, we've taught you two things. One, um, we've showed you some of the basic rules about gifting. Um it's straightforward, but there's a complexity to it as well, and we can help you here if you give us a call. Call Tenney at 508-998-8800. Winston Churchill once said, I've used this before, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. This is the season to be doing gifts. Sir Francis Bacon, Bacon back in the 16th century, once said, Charity begins at home, but should not end there. And then one of the last things that I wanted to say was an unknown author. I wondered why somebody didn't do something. Then I realized I am somebody. So I'm hoping that maybe some of these thoughts will provoke you. I'm hoping that some of the things that we've taught you today will teach you. And I'm hoping that maybe you get a little motivation by listening to the show to Remember that it's still possible this time of year to do something to help your fellow man, your fellow child, your next door neighbor, the people down the street who don't have as much as you are and aren't as lucky as you are. And, and mostly, then, Merry Christmas to everyone. And Merry Christmas to everybody and Merry Christmas, Pete. And to all a good night. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>